Yo, 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 it's your man Max Weezy. And welcome back inside another episode of the Barbershop Podcast, live from the 919, where everything is fine. I've got a packed show for you today and a great guest. But first, I want to thank everybody for their support and for listening and sharing. It means the world to me, and I appreciate it. You know, it's been a short journey here in terms of uh, me doing this podcast. There's been a lot of moving parts. There's been a lot of people who have supported from day one and people who continue to support both with your listens, with your shares, with your interest with your and some of you with your money so i do appreciate you taking this journey with me as i've been doing this and as this show continues to grow and glow i appreciate you guys i have to say that of course but if you're new to the barbershop podcast you know the fact is i talk about a lot of different topics and i have a lot of different guests but the beauty of this podcast and really if you have your own podcast you can definitely relate to this i'm i'm sure but the beauty is that I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. All the topics I do are on the show because these are things that I want to talk about. That's just the fact of it. With that in mind, I'll be doing my listeners a disservice if I stop talking about sports. Yeah, sports. That's right. You heard it right. I love sports. You know, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of the conversation that anybody would hear inside of a barbershop. In addition to the topics that I already, I already discussed, you know, that's the theme of a barbershop. It's a place where a lot of different things are talked about. And I've heard it all, trust me. <laughs> but sports is one of those things. And I love sports. And I know my audience is diverse. I know a lot of people listen from a lot of different backgrounds. And, you know, they're as much interested as anybody else i'm gonna start incorporating more sports episodes into the rotation starting with this episode so letting you all know now if you stick around great if not you know it's up to you but this is gonna be a sports heavy episode there's so many things happening in the world of sports i was just it was a burning desire really like burning you like itching desire to have an episode about sports because not just football basketball i mean so many different things are happening in so many different sports whether it's uh golf we know what tiger you know just accomplished uh you know even even uh the women's world cup and soccer's coming up uh you know not a subject that i talked about in this episode but i mean that just shows you the variety of stories in sports even locally in the 919 uh carolina hurricanes playing really really well uh and that's local uh to the 919 Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area Duke basketball we all know about Zion Williamson there is just so many things happening there's been so many great great stories and I couldn't really go much longer without breaking it down and talking about it projecting predicting having conversations so I had to do that with this episode and I haven't forgot about I haven't forgot about music either um I know that in the past we've had some some music uh based shows and topics so have not forgot about sports have not forgot about music i know some of you uh enjoy hearing those topics too so i will be getting those back into my regular rotation in addition to all the great things that are that we already discussed that you guys consume that you guys like i will be doing more sports more music more pop culture in addition to um all the things that you guys are already consuming uh on on the show so 
Again, this is another thank you. This is another I appreciate you. This is another I love you if you have not heard it. I love you for listening, for supporting this podcast. But let's get to it. Live from the 919. It's the barbershop. Let's rock me at the barbershop. Stay tuned. All right, all right. It's your man, Max Weezy. And we're back inside the barbershop. Live from the 919 where everything is fine. I actually, for the first time in a while, I actually <laughs> have my co-host today actually does live here uh, in the 919. Um, I've had people from a bunch of different areas lately, but uh happy to have somebody uh, from the 919. And that somebody is actually originally from Philly, who has been extremely spoiled in the sports world, but we're going to get into that in a, in a little bit. Maddie G, man, say what's up to the people. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Welcome inside the barbershop, buddy. Man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, yo. I know you've been talking about it for a minute, and so I'm definitely excited, for sure. Yeah, man, I'm happy to have you on, man, because, I mean, I mean, we have been talking about it for a minute, and, and, and Matt's one of the, the coolest coolest cats I know and, and, and probably probably the, the but you and I both in, um uh take in and inundate a lot of a lot of different sports and it's it's hard to find oh, yeah. people these days with everybody's you know attention span and everybody's schedules it's hard to find people that really pay attention to more than uh, even more than one sport no uh you know not let alone two or three or four so um I'm really happy to have you on oh yeah yeah, I love the world of sports, man. It's all about all about the competition and everything like that. So it's it's definitely uh, fun to watch and fun to uh to pan in on on uh the different sports. And man, this 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 I would say this year, 2019 and in 2018 even, it has been a really like crazy, you know, year for sports so far. I mean, it's only April. Yeah. Um and we've already had like, you know, college basketball had had the first superstar you know, with Zion that we've had in a while, um, you know what I'm saying? Like college basketball, people paid attention to it with the diehard fans, but Zion really got everybody, um, like national, like even casual fans, you know, he captured that. And so that was a big, that's huge. <laughs> um, you know, and especially for this area, right? He's, he's right in our backyard. He's at Duke. So, I mean, that was a big, that was definitely a big, been a big year in terms of that. We had Tiger Woods just won the Masters, man. That's, oh, man. that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of them. Oh, yeah. And that was wild, man. It was I was out there in the living room just cheering it on. You know, I got, you know, my eight-month-old, and she was trying to take a nap. So I was, I was getting a little bit too excited on that, uh, that 16 <laughs> hole, man, when he hit that par three. So yeah, it, it was fun for sure. It's what the it, I think it's what golf needed, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, I've always kind of followed golf from like a, a distance. My grand, my grandfather's really into it, um, and I, you know, never, never really sat down and and, and watched it. But um, you know, that was the first time where I was like, like when I was hearing that he was doing well all weekend, and he was in. I think he came into Sunday in second place. So mm-hmm. um, I wasn't. I was actually back home in Charlotte, um, but you know, and I was with with my homeboy Zay. Shout out to Zay. But um, I was watching uh, the first few rounds at home, and then um, I had it on um, on my phone in the car on the drive back up here. So 
um, yeah, just to, just to witness that was is you know it was an insane moment. Oh yeah, um, and so I mean, golf is officially back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was historic. For real. Man. I, honestly, I really feel like that was like one of the greatest comeback stories of like in all sports. You know, from right. where he where he was about you know three, four, or five years ago. You know, with the scandal and the the back injury, and you know, kind of just falling off, and everybody gave up on him. And then he rent, he you know went ahead and, and won it on the biggest level. So that was that was huge. Did you see that video of him watching uh, all the sports commentators, like all the big like Stephen yeah. A. Colin Coward, watching them, him watching them say, you know, all that stuff about him. Like that video gives me chills. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I love stuff like that. It was it was it was that was real fun to watch too. Because I, I mean, I just love to see guys kind of kind of come back from all the nature because i mean sports in general you know especially espn and stuff they love to build people up and then you know smack them right down to back to earth so just to see that was like that was real because he got to see you know what everybody was saying and he was like yeah all right let's go ahead and prove him wrong so that, that was too real yeah that, that that gave me chills that was unbelievable <laughs> but i mean i mean just i mean i'll you know, sports in general, like I said, has been just really. Uh, there's been a lot of insane moments um, in the past couple of years. But let's talk about. So you're from Philly. Yeah. Uh, you're you're a Philly kid for sure. So I mean, even talk. Let's talk talk about Philly specifically for a second here. Like y'all are have been super spoiled the past couple of years. But <laughs> the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you got the 76ers. Finally, the process is is. You know, seems to be complete. You, you guys have probably the best starting five in the NBA right now, other than Golden State. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a crazy Arguably lineup. the best starting yeah. five. Um, and then you know Bryce Harper's on the Phillies right now. Like, oh man, I mean, yeah, don't even get me started on the yeah, Phillies. It's, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, has Philly ever been this spoiled? Nah, man. Honestly, uh, like about a good fifteen years ago. A little over 10 years ago when, you know, the, the Eagles were hitting at the NFC Championship for about a good four or five years straight. I mean, that's that's really when it felt like we were the most spoiled. And then the Phillies, you know, they won the the, uh, the championship in 08, the World Series in 08. And I was like, man, this, it can't get any better than this. You know, the, the Sixers aren't really good anymore because AI is done. But, you know, I, I was like on top of the world. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely... At his at his peak again for sure, and I mean I'm excited, no doubt. Well, early two thousands, y'all had because you know the Eagles were going to, like you said going to the MC championships, but y'all also had you know in the TO years of course. But I mean y'all had the the Sixers when they they went to the NBA Finals what oh one mm-hmm. right so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right around that time, and then um, yeah. arguably was a good time. Yeah, and we had a uh, AI and Iggy just came onto the scene, and he was he was lighting it up. You know, he was real athletic doing his thing, and so it was. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, wild, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if, if <laughs> I mean, shout out to to Philly man, y'all definitely. Uh, doing your thing in sports, but man, this is—I'm excited about this show, man. I'm excited to have you here because there's a lot going on um, right now, and a lot I want to talk about. But let's let's go ahead and start with the 76ers. 
um, because they are sort of getting a lot of national spotlight now, especially with their starting five um, and their biggest, you know, stars on the team, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You know, Joel Embiid, well known for a lot of things off the court, um, as well as his play on the court. And, and of course, Ben Simmons himself is like a little bit of a celebrity. I don't know if he's still with Kendall Jenner or not, but, you know, he's sort of like getting some shine and that team is sort of getting a lot of attention and there's a lot of expectations on that team. But my question to you, Matt, um, do you think the 76ers can win a title with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid sharing the spotlight? See, that's, that's a tough one, man, because I've, I've heard about that question a, a few weeks ago on ESPN and stuff and, uh, it's real interesting because those guys are – I mean, Ben Simmons, he's, you know, he can grab a, a triple-double, you know, whenever he wants to, really, just like Russ. I mean, he's he's hitting, like, a good, like, 17, 18 points a game, you know, with the 8-8, the eight and eight, you know, 8 rebounds and 8 assists. So, really, at any moment, he's ready to hit off with his triple-double. And, I mean, he's pretty much like a jump shot away from, you know, almost being like a little, little LeBron, little baby LeBron. So, I mean, he's he's crazy, you know. He's real nice, athletic, and everything. And then Embiid, you know, he's he's calling himself unstoppable and all this other stuff. He's out here uh, grabbing. I think it was it was something like twenty-seven points or something he had this season, which is you know right around top five, top ten material and points. And in in rebounds, he's right around top five. So, I mean, he's he's insane, like. As long as, as long as that as long as that body stays healthy, he's you know he's going to be on top of the world for sure. But it's it's tough though because with them together, I'm not really sure if if they really can win a chip together. It's it's tough because I mean Embiid, if he stays healthy, I think he's probably going to be a top five player for the next you know five six seven years for sure. Ben Simmons, I like him a lot. And with, you know, J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris, Jimmy Buck. Like, they got, like, a wild squad right now. But I don't know. Like, if, if Ben Simmons is able to grab himself a jump shot, you know, if he can get in with the right people, you know, I, he, you know, that would, that would definitely change things. But the way it is right now, I just don't know if, you know, they can stay together like that and still grab a chip. It might be the case where they might have to, like, almost – trade Ben Simmons or something like that, you know, just to get some different pieces around Embiid or or if they can, you know, get Ben Simmons right, then, you know, then I, then I think then that's when they can really start talking about a chip. But, I mean, right now it's probably their best shot at the East. So if they, if they can't get it together now, I'm not really sure when those two guys together can, can really grab one. Man, yo, there's, yeah, there seems to be a little bit of something like boiling there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like, because I, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you consume any of the local, like Philadelphia, um, you know, media or anything like yeah, that. I, I follow the blogs, the, yeah, but local radio, I jump on there. Okay, WIP too. Okay, well, I, I don't know, if, and I, I don't know if that they're talking about it there, but I know that. You know, even on a national level, when I sort of like watch some of the segments about the Sixers, it sort of seems like, and you can definitely tell it's, it's kind of obvious too, but it does sort of seem like, you know, Ben Simmons, 
uh, you know, it's reported or it's, it's kind of you can kind of see that he wants some sort of uh, celebrity, you know, status. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the man. Yeah. But you know, obviously, Joel Embiid with his personality, with his personality, you know, he wants that attention too. He wants to be, you know, the guy. So, and I think the issue is. And it sort of becomes, it seems like it's going to be this, like, Shaq and Kobe situation. Um, almost, like, personalities-wise, like, they both want to be the guy you, in, the, in the organization is in a position where they got to pick pick a guy. But the only difference is, and I think this is what, in my opinion, I think this is going to prevent them from winning a title with Embiid and Simmons unless things change. With Shaq and Kobe... You know, Kobe was very, it was a commitment thing. Like, you know, they both wanted mm-hmm. to be the stars, but, you know, Kobe was very committed to his craft. He wanted, he, he put in a lot of work on a basketball level to be at that elite level to where, you know, when it, when it was time for the Lakers to choose between Shaq and Kobe, they could get rid of Shaq and trust Kobe to, you know, have the ability to, for them to be successful after getting rid of Shaq, which they were. The issue here is, I don't know if, and and I don't know, again, you know, let me know what, what they're talking about in Philadelphia, but I don't know if Ben Simmons is really, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem like he's working on getting better at basketball, um, you know, shooting, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, he's not even taking shots, you know, beyond 10 feet. Like, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> so... You know, it's it's gonna be you know it's, you can sort of compare it to Shaq and Kobe, but at least Kobe was working on being better. He was committed, and that was his issue with Shaq. Whereas, you know, it seems like Ben Simmons almost kind of wants to be a star, but you can see it on the court. He's not he's not working on shooting. When you know the today's NBA is a is a shooter's NBA. So, I mean, I don't know if you can. Just provide more insight on that. What do you think about that? Like, oh yeah, is it, is it- yeah. It's, it's honestly, I I like that you brought up that point too because that is something that I did notice. Um, and to be honest, in Philly, it's actually Ben Simmons in Philly is it's a little bit more rocky than what you would think because, um, and even in this this last this last playoff series, you you saw how I don't know if you saw some of these interviews, but. Ben Simmons was pretty, he was pretty upset at Philly for, for giving him those boos. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where Philly fans, they're going to, they're going to give you exactly what they think, you know, you deserve. So if you're out there, you know, giving it your all and, you know, we're, you know, we're getting the results, you know, they're all for it. There's, there's not going to be another, you know, fan in, in any spot that's going to be more behind you than them. But if they feel like you slacking off or they feel like, you know, you're not really putting out the, the performance that they're looking for, they're going to show it. And, I mean, the boos are, boos are with love, too, because they're, they're, they're not trying to abandon him. They're not trying to, you know, completely, you know, throw him off to the side because I think pretty much everybody in Philly wants Ben Simmons to be that guy. But, I mean, as of right now, like you said, he's not really putting in that, that work. So, um, it's good. It's like like you brought up that uh you know Shaq and Kobe situation. Kobe was he was always working on his craft. That's that's one of the biggest things about him is that he put in that work, he put in that effort. And uh, Ben Simmons, 
I don't know, like sometimes on the court, you almost see like a more relaxed vibe from him. But he also wants to be that celebrity. He wants to be that main dude at the same time. So it's it's kind of tough because you got to put in the work to, you know, be at the top. So it's, if it's one of those situations where he can put in that work, then it would be totally different. But the problem I see right now with those two, um, and even if you were to still compare that to Shaq and Kobe, is the maturity issue. They, uh, they both kind of have something to work on with when it comes to that and, Shaq, I mean, when he first came out, he was, you know, lighting the league up on fire. But he also had a maturity issue himself. Kobe, he didn't really have that maturity issue because he wanted it so bad. And uh, I I think Embiid is the type that, that wants it real bad, but he still has a maturity issue. Ben Simmons, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if he wants it bad enough. And so that's kind of been, kind of been the frustrations with some of Philly is that he hasn't really uh, put in enough work. And, I mean, it's 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 tough. Especially in a shooter's, shooter's first league, seeing a, a guy out here, you know, the guy that's guarding him is literally just standing in the paint. He's giving him, you know, a 12, 15-foot jump shot, and he's not even willing to take, just take it. Him. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, he, like, even a post-game, Literally, there's no real post game that he has because if he has to hit a turnaround jump shot, you know it's not there. So it's like you're almost guarding more of the layup or the, the floater or, you know, the drive for a dunk. So it's, it's tough to really uh, kind of put him at the level of uh, of a Shaq and Kobe or just put him at a level of, of being a, a real star if, you know, you can't even work on your full craft. So... That's that's the frustrating thing about with Philly and even even with the maturity issue you saw I don't know if you saw that interview too uh, from Game Two when Joel Embiid threw that that elbow on Jared Allen that was that was a rough elbow and you know they're looking at the flagrant you know two and possible ejection and stuff they gave him the flagrant one but he's sitting there apologizing and he's saying you know. It, you know, I didn't do it on purpose or I, I didn't mean to do that. And Ben Simmons is laughing like he starts to chuckle. And then it causes Embiid to start laughing. So they're both just sitting there laughing. And it's like, it creates a weird moment. And that's one of those things that ESPN and, you know, sports, the sports world, they're going to capture that and throw it all over national TV. So it's like, that's one of those things you, that's, that's a mature issue. That's something you can't have. So. That's kind of how I feel, and that's that's kind of how it kind of seems like Philly is feeling about that as well. Yeah, yeah, you you brought up some great points. I mean, you really did, and and even you know, even with and I'll I'll say this quickly, even to even go back to the Shaq and Kobe thing, you know, at least in Shaq's Lakers days, they get sort of tolerated because you knew Shaq was bringing that that pedigree of having been in the fi- finals with the, with the Magic. Oh, 100%. You know, having, yeah. had, having had success. Where in this case, you know, Embiid nor Simmons has had any deep playoff success. So you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, it's still maturity, but, you know, it's like how much are you going to tolerate because they haven't proven anything to anybody. And I think this is like, this is, the East right now is very uh, ripe right now, and I think there's a lot of teams 
trying to prove themselves. Um, you know, you have the Bucks trying to prove that you know they can make a deep run. The Sixers obviously trying to prove themselves. The Celtics, you have proven players on that team, but you know the question is, can they do it together with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward? Because that wasn't that wasn't what they did last year. They didn't have them on the team. And then the Raptors, of course, you know, are, are all in the same position. So you have four teams at the top of the East, sort of in the same predicament when it comes to proving themselves. And then, you know, with, when free agency hits next year, you, you the time might be short because you never really know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, if Kyrie and KD decide to join the Knicks, that's another team you got to worry about. If if Zion gets drafted to Chicago or to Atlanta, that's another team in the East you have to worry about. So it's the clock's ticking with Philly for sure. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do in this playoff series um, but also moving forward, you know, they're going to have to really figure something out because there's a lot of comp- – the East is, is, is starting to get a little bit tougher. Um, even the ne- even the Nets are looking pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough for for your boys. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a turning yeah. point for sure. And plus, I mean, they got these these guys that are going to be free agents soon: Tobias Harris and, and Jimmy Butler. So. They they gotta make a, a deep playoff run here, or else you know it's going to be looking shaky for the next couple of years to come. Well, yeah, let's talk about that free agency a little bit. I wanted to touch on um, that, especially because the big question that everyone's asking is who, if any, of the uh, star free agents will join LeBron in LA. Um, you know, of course, there's been a lot of drama. With the Lakers, of course, they they people ex- didn't know what to really expect of them um, in the beginning of, of the year. I think a lot of people did predict them to at least make the playoffs. And through the first part of the season, they were doing really well. They were they were like probably like third or fourth in the West at one point. Mm-hmm. They were playing well. There's a lot of injuries that happen. You know, we can't predict that, of course. Um, injuries happen, things happen, but there's also all the drama with the Anthony Davis trade rumors, which re- which really uh, shook the team up a little oh, bit man, in terms yeah. of mental and chemistry. And actually, there was a uh, interview that Lonzo Ball did recently where he was saying that he admitted to to the fact that the Anthony Davis rumors, you know, shook up the team mentally. But you had so much going on with the Lakers this year; they they didn't live up to expectations. They they. Uh, they uh, Magic Johnson uh, walked out of the president position. Um, you know they got they get rid of Luke Walson. So there's so much there's so much drama and so much dysfunction with this Lakers team. Uh, some some people are questioning if free agents even want to go to LA uh, to the Lakers, especially when you have the Clippers you know across town who seem to be doing a lot of things the right way. So. Um, you know, Matt, my question to you, man, do you think any of the star free agents this year will, will join LeBron? Oh, man, that's that's it's rough because it, it definitely, like you said, it feels like they're almost imploding, you know, with with the uh, the guys leaving as far as, you know, Magic Johnson, him stepping down, Luke Walton. I mean, I think he was going to he was going to be gone regardless. Um, they, they needed to bring in somebody else anyway. But um really making moves from here on out it's it's important because you know these these lebron years are clicking i mean they're ticking so i mean you don't really have much left and uh i mean as far as you know a couple of these free agents 
I know they, they wanted Paul George before and they, they kind of expected that to happen. And when that fell apart, some some of these other things like the Anthony Davis trade didn't really work out. But I, th- I think Anthony Davis is a guy that they can still get. Um, I don't think the Pelicans, to be honest with you, I don't know if they should trust the Celtics. Because usually when people trust the Celtics, it ends up not working out. And, um, you know, the end result is that, you know, the Celtics just get much better. But uh, I, I think they can probably, you know, work out something with Anthony Davis. And that's that's probably their best bet. But at the same time, there's, there's these other guys that they can't let slip either. And uh, honestly, it might be one of those situations where, you know, LeBron has to really put in his put on his, his scouting hat and uh, try to go for a guy like Kyrie or something like that. Try to steer him away from, you know, New York because... Uh, that's going to be that's going to be tough to have KD and Kyrie in New York if that does happen. Um, but it's going to be tough to try to grab cats after that because, I mean, you're looking at it and uh, I don't know. You got different guys like Kyrie, KD, Kawhi. He's he's a he's possibly leaving. Um, you know, you got Kimba Walker. You know, shout out to Charlotte. You know, he's you know doing his thing and scoring he's hitting crazy crazy threes and going all over the place doing everything he can but I don't I don't know if he's going to stay in Charlotte and then you got guys like I mean you got guys even like Clay Thompson or you know Trevor Ariza he's another guy that he's a, he's a glue guy that you can grab but Clay Clay Thompson I mean to be honest I don't I don't know if he's staying and it was funny it was this one interview I'm not sure if you saw it, but uh, there's this guy interviewing, you know, the five guys, you know, Clay, Curry. The worst. Yeah. The, yep. You know, and they were like, you know, why would you ever want to leave, you know, Golden State? And everybody was laughing besides KD and Clay. I don't know if you saw that. I saw Yeah, I, was I like, saw that. That was so funny. <laughs> that looks rough. Because KD was just looking down the whole time and Clay was just sitting there just not even, you know, showing any yeah. type of emotion. So. I don't know if he's, he's staying, but uh, LeBron has to really put on a scouting, scouting hat and try to go after a guy like Clay or, or Kyrie and then try to get some glue guys to kind of go along with that. Like, you know, a couple guys that, that can just give you a shot, a little 3 and D type of action. You know, a guy like Trevor Ariza, he can give you a 3 and D type of action. And, uh, you know, that will be what their, their best bet at this point because, I, I mean – KD, a guy like KD, he's not coming. Uh, Anthony Davis, he he might be able to come, but it really just depends on how the, how the Pelicans are going to pan out with these trades. But a guy like Kyrie is think, probably do, their best bet. Do you think Kyrie really wants to play with LeBron again, though? Like, I know this year he sort of talked about their relationship, and he was open about that, and he, mm-hmm. he, it sort of seemed like they've made up, you know, since the time... Um, you know, he left the Cavs, or he asked to be traded away from the Cavs. They seem to have made up since then. But do you think he really will go back? He will. He really wants to go back. Well, I think he realizes that leading a team is it's a little bit different from you know being a star. And you know, Kyrie, you know, he's been lighting it up since he came into the league, and you know, he's he's been a star for years, but. I think he he's now starting to realize that leading a team is a little bit of a different feel, 
And, you know, not to say that he can't, but I think he might realize that, you know, LeBron does, you know, have that that personality to go ahead and lead in his main business with just to be, you know, putting in buckets and being that, being that star. And I think that's something that uh that could probably kind of allure him a little bit in a way to try to try to get him over to to LA because he wants to like Kyrie. You can tell from the different you know organizations that he talks about. He wants to be in a prime time organization, an organization with a lot of history. And so I mean, going to LA, I don't think it would be that hard to get him there. It's just a matter of really uh. I mean, really just scouting them. Because, I mean, the whole New York Knicks thing with KD, that, that probably sounds real real nice to him, real enticing to him. But I don't know. I think if, you know, LeBron just really just kind of puts aside any type of, you know, pride or anything like that, he can, pro- he can probably bring him over to L.A. That probably is something that he can he can probably pull. Yeah, honestly, I think I'll be I think I'll be shocked if I see that that move happen with Kyrie just going back to LeBron. I think Kyrie's very a very unpredictable person, but I think him doing that, I think just the situation, the possibility of going back and dealing not only with you know being LeBron's teammate again, but also there is a lot of dysfunction in that organization. Um, I mean, and, and and their coaching hire might influence him too. Like if they end up hiring Ty, Ty Lue to be the coach again, I mean, to be the coach of the Lakers, um, you know, I would say that might be a, that might make it easier for Kyrie to return because, you know, he did it with a championship with Ty Lue as coach and LeBron. So I would say that could sway things a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I think it's going to have to – I think it's it's going to be interesting. The The craziest thing will be to me if nobody goes <laughs> to, to join them. Yeah, that would but, be crazy. But, you know, I, you know, I, I think um, I wouldn't be mad if, if, um, if Kimba joined as a Charlotte Hornets fan. I think that we just have not put the pieces around him. We have not done him any services in terms of putting – players around him that are going to make uh, the Hornets viable. Um, so I, I, you know, he's, he's done a lot for the city. He's the greatest Hornets player, you know, we've, we've had, but you know, him leaving will not make me upset. Um, you know, but I think him with LeBron, uh, I don't know what you do with Lonzo Ball. Um, if you if you bring Kimba over, because Kimba is can only really play point guard, he can't you can't make Kimba a two. You could probably make try to make Lonzo a two guard, but I think um, I think that would be interesting. But um, what the Lakers really need is is shooting. Uh, you know, Jimmy. I've I've kind of heard things that Jimmy Butler would be interested in, might be interested in L.A. Um, you could get Boogie Cousins as well, but. You know, his health is definitely questionable, and he's not the shooter you need. So the Lakers have a – I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. I mean, it's hard to really say who who could join them. I don't think it will be KD or Kawhi, though. I think those guys definitely want to be in their own situation, their own domain. Um, So, so yeah, it's going to be a crazy summer, and it's it's probably the most – 
in terms of free, free agency, it's probably the most unpredictable situation. And especially, you're right, though, to just address the Anthony Davis thing, I don't think the Pelicans are just going to make it easy for the Lakers to to get him through trade. I think it's going to have to, I think they're going to try to send him elsewhere. And, you know, he may he may decide to, you know, just be a year rental and come to the Lakers the year after that. But at that point, you know, what will LeBron be? Will he be good enough to, to where an AD could join him and you win a championship? But I think there's a lot of a lot of things in the air. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah and, uh, and another thing, too, I was just thinking about, too, as you were, you were bringing things up, it definitely would. Like, a guy like Kimber Walker, I mean, I, I love, that's my man, Kimber Walker. He's from UConn, and I'm a huge UConn fan. But um, that would definitely be a, a guy that would be helpful. And maybe if, yeah. you know, they're trading these pieces over to the Pelicans, if that even happens, you know, if they, they trade a guy like Lonzo, maybe it won't hurt as bad if they're able to get a guy like Kimber. You know, you know, a guy that can, he can, you know, Kimba can guard you up and he can, he can hit you with a shot. So, I mean, that would definitely be something that they could, uh, they wouldn't be hurting for sure if they're yeah. able to grab a Kim- guy like that. Kimba would help with their, sh- with their shooting for sure. Um, I mean, you could probably get Kimba, a guy like Tobias Harris, and then maybe, you know, a couple more shooters. With the team they already have, you you keep. I guess they, if they could keep like Kuzma at least, or or Bi, um, keep their guys, keep LeBron obviously, and then keep um, get Kemba and Tobias. I think at that point, maybe with one more shooter, at that point you have enough shooting around LeBron, which is what he needs. We you know he needs shooters. Kemba is, you know, Kyrie light, um, so I think that could help the Lakers get over the edge, especially if the Warriors break up. Look, if if KD goes somewhere else, even if Clay stays, I think that squad the Lake, with the Lakers that I just mentioned could, could beat the Warriors. Um, I don't know about the Rockets, but, you know, it's, it's it'll be interesting for sure. There's a lot of different possibilities. A lot of players you can plug in that situation, a lot of trades that can happen. So I mean I'm I'm excited to see it. Oh yeah, real excited. And uh and just just one more thing too. Um one thing I was I was been talking about for a couple of weeks now with the whole K D Kyrie uh situation trying to go to, to New York. To be honest, I mean New York's Organization, you know, LA's organization isn't the best right now. New York's organization is definitely not the best right now either, and they've had a lot of problems, you know, in their upper office and and trying to, you know, keep guys there and and you know the, some of the comments that are coming out out of out of those guys. It's like it's, it kind of seems like a tough organization to play with as well. So it will be definitely interesting. Uh, I don't I don't think, like you said, it's going to be real unpredictable. I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything like how, you know, earlier on in the season we expected with some of these guys leaving and staying and different stuff like that. So I definitely think it's going to be a toss-up for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, and that'll be big for the NBA too. I think the NBA really, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later with another move that I think should happen, but... I think the NBA really needs the the Knicks to be relevant again. Yeah, you know, you know, the, I feel like Brooklyn, you know, that's New York City, but I mean, the Knicks is just another another animal. Um, so I think the NBA is rooting for something to happen with the Knicks because 
you know, the Knicks being bad is just <laughs> not fun. You know, from a from an NBA standpoint, I personally don't care, but I know that the NBA sort of needs the Lakers and the Knicks to be to be relevant um, for sure. But speaking of the Knicks, and speaking of you know big stars and moving and everything like that, I want to go on to uh, the next big sports question I have. Um, staying in basketball, uh, Zion. We, we mentioned it earlier how big of a star he was for Duke right in our backyard. Shout out um, to, to Durham and the 919. But uh, it, it, the NBA draft is, is going to be in June. Uh, I almost got confused with the NFL draft because that's coming up soon, too. NBA draft, NBA draft in June. <laughs> NBA draft in June. Uh, Maddie G, which NBA team is the best fit for Zion? We don't know who we don't know who's the lottery. I think the lottery is, come, is in May. Uh, I want to say so. We don't know who has who has what spot yet. But if you could control things, which team uh, do you think is the best fit for him? Man, I mean, at this point, really, because of course you know you have the the main like the the top three lottery. I think it's like fourteen percent for the top three for like. The Knicks, the Cavs, and the Suns, I think it is. Yeah, that and, sounds about right. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's its one of those situations. I, I think I would rather want to see Storyline first, you know, because, you know, if, if he went to a team like New York, it would just bring so much, you know, value to the market. It would bring so much to the fans and everything like that. People are going to be, you know, flooding in. I mean, Zion, I, I mean, me personally, you know, I love the area I'm in. I love 919, but I can't stand Duke. And that's the, I'm just going to be real with you. <laughs> oh, but, me neither. I'm a Carolina fan. I'm a Carolina yeah. fan, so I hate, I hate Duke. Yeah, but I mean, I, he, Duke, he, I mean, Zion's a, a big story. You know, it was crazy. Like, uh, I mean, I, I know you, you, I don't know if you saw, but I uh, um, I met him at Whole Foods in Durham. That. I posted a picture on Instagram. but. That. Yeah, I mean that was that was crazy. Even as a Carolina fan, I was like, "Whoa, this is like the next LeBron." Like, I gotta, I gotta get this pick. You know what I'm saying? But what, what you do know, you say? So I, 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 I wasn't ashamed about that. that. What, do you, what do you say? Uh, oh, so yeah, so I was. Um, uh, yeah, it was really it was crazy because uh, I was standing there. I was like um, in in Whole Foods and uh, like at the he was like right by the. I guess the high bar, I guess you call it, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, this is Zion. And so he, I think he had already uh, taken a couple of picks. So I think people recognized him a little bit. Um, I think one of the the, the uh, employees at Whole Foods, like, had taken a selfie with him. So I was seeing him come through the line. He was getting his food. And I just stopped him. And I was like, I was, like, just nervous because it was like, that's probably, I met, I met you know, celebrities and stuff before. Um, but you know, just who Zion is right now, like, this is probably one of the biggest, you know, superstars oh, currently yeah. right now. So it's like, you know, insane and unbelievable. But um and what actually was crazy is I saw some so before I saw Zion, I saw a couple other of uh, 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 players on the team. Like I didn't see I didn't see like Cam Cam Reddish or RJ Barrett, but like I saw some other guys a little bit taller than me wearing Duke basketball shirts, short Duke basketball shirts, excuse me. And so I can't really tell. I was like, oh, maybe they're just regular students with the shirts on. And but then I'm like, oh, because a couple of them are kind of, kind of tall. Okay, maybe this is some of the team. And I just continue looking over in that direction, and I see him, and he's like, doesn't have any Duke stuff on. He's just wearing like a red over shirt or whatever. Um, 
But I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And I'm like looking at him. And first of all, you know, he's 6'7", but, you know, on TV, you know, you can't, everybody's tall. So it's like, you don't really tell. You see him in person, man, you're like, wow, okay, now I understand what 6'7 is. <laughs> I mean, because he's, he's huge. Like, he's every bit of 6'7 for sure. Um, kind of kind of felt the same way as it felt when I met Cam Newton for the first the first time, like, up close. Like, um, you know, that's a different story. Dang. But, you know, just that, that, that size is, like, very apparent. And uh, he doesn't look like he's 285. He's very slim, um, very slender, like, and just so yeah. So anyway, um, I go up to him, ask him for the picture. He puts his like little, you know, he's got his like to go box of food or whatever. Puts it down. He's like, yeah, sure. I have my my friend take the picture. Um, and uh, I mean, that was that, man. I didn't really want to like bother him too much because we're in the middle of Whole Foods. So oh yeah. I, I looking back on it, like. I was like, damn, I wish I could sort of like have more of a conversation with him. But I was like, I'm not going to bother him too much. He's trying to get his food, trying to get up out of here before, you know, a million people, you know, jump him or whatever. So, you know, I just got the pick and said thank you. And then, and then that was that. So, I mean, but yeah. So, uh, anyway, I was saying all I had to say, you know, <laughs> I'm a Carolina fan. I hate dude. But, like, just having Zion in our backyard was like, it's, it's just crazy. It's like a phenomenon, you know, right, right locally, which is, is insane. But, um but yeah, so yeah, best fit. Yeah. Um, you, so you say the Knicks. Yeah. So I mean, and I was thinking about it too. Even with the the Knicks, as far as the the roster, that's my only concern because I just feel like they really don't have much at all. Like as far as they shooting, don't now, but yeah. if they get if they get if they get KD, and Kyrie, oh yeah, that would be. A- and do you think I think I mean if Zion goes to the Knicks, like if I'm KD and Kyrie. You know, I don't know how they feel about it now, but that's a strong reason for me to go. Oh, that's yeah, that's fun. I mean, that's that's real. Fun. I mean, you saw, even though you know Duke didn't go all the way, you saw how much fun those guys were having, and it's like, it seems like that, that would just be real fun if if I'm a if I'm a free agent trying to look for a spot and kind of be a star somewhere. That that would be you know Madison Square Garden, and you got Zion, KD, Kyrie. That's I mean, that's all you really need. That would draw you your attention. Um, and that's, I mean, that would definitely be a good fit, no doubt, if, you know, they can get those guys. And that would be, you know, primetime television every single time. Um, I mean, that and that's that would be the probably the best storyline for sure. And that's kind of what I was talking about before, about a storyline. Um, besides that, um, probably Cleveland would probably be a cool storyline only because, he gets so much comparison to LeBron, and um, you know they they have a few shooters. That, I mean, there's they're a struggling lineup as far as uh, bench players and stuff, but they have a few shooters, and if they can you know throw him in the mix, there's a couple of guys that are on the starting lineup now that they can throw into a little sub package off the bench. So I mean that would be real cool. I mean the Suns, I mean they have. I mean to me. The problem I have with the Suns is they keep on bringing in more and more of these like first round draft picks, but nothing is happening. So I mean that that would definitely be I mean to me it would be uneventful to really see Zion go there. I mean you have talent, but I don't think you have really enough talent and just just not the right marketplace for for it to really be fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean they they have. I a- mean it, it could. 
Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say they have a few shooters. I mean, of course they got Devin Booker. I mean, he's he's money when it comes to shots, especially when he's on. He's red hot, and I mean, they got guys, you know, like uh, Josh Jackson who's long, he has length, and Dragon Bender, yeah. he has length with a little shot. Um, TJ Warren, shout out to TJ Warren. Honestly, it's funny because I actually seen him about three or four times downtown in Raleigh. Just, just randomly yeah. downtown. So from around here. Yeah, yeah. Just he's from around here. Went to NC State and stuff. And so I always say what's up to him. He he's pretty cool about it too. But um, I mean, he's he's definitely a, a good scorer that they can have too. But I mean, it just doesn't seem like it would be as eventful. It won't, won't be as fun to, to watch those games as it would if it was like the Cavs or a Knicks type of situation. I would probably. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say the Knicks. Just because of the location and the, the possible lure of getting a couple of other guys, I mean, problem with with Cleveland is that it's you know it's really hard to get guys to go up there. I mean, it's it's still cold up there, so I mean, it's right. it's kind of rough to get guys to go up there. But I think it'll be it would be still like that comparison to LeBron, which would be cool. But I, I think that the Knicks would probably, as far as storyline, would be the best fit for for Zion, no doubt. The argument I make for the Suns is that it could be one of those situations. Yeah, you're right. They've got all these pieces. They got Aiton. They got um, Jackson. They got Devin Booker. They've got you know TJ Warren. They've got these pieces that they've gotten from being so bad over the years, but they're and they're not. It doesn't seem to be working. But Zion could be the catalyst to make to to bring it all together. You know, it could be one of those you know, Oklahoma City Thunder situations where, you know, you got all these players um, and then, like, after a while, it you know, after some growth, you know, things started to materialize, um, you know, you know before they broke it all up by trading Harden away, but... Um, and yeah, Katie don't, leaving. Yeah, but, don't bring that up, man. Yeah. yeah. It's all subject, <laughs> but, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, man, yeah, I think... I think, I think uh, Actually, you can probably compare it to the Browns. Actually, you know the Browns being bad, and actually I'm gonna gonna bring up the Browns later on. But uh, (laughs) uh, the Browns being bad for so long, you know they they actually drafted made some good draft picks, right? Like they got good on defense um, with Miles Garrett, got some pieces on defense through through getting picks in the draft. You draft, um, you're able to get some other players. You're able to draft Baker Mayfield, and now you know people are talking about them as a playoff contender, right? So I think with Phoenix, if they get, if they were to get Zion, you know, not the best, not the best spot, you know, in terms of market, but like, you know, after a while, you know, talent find, finds a way of making it work. So I think Phoenix could be could be good with with Zion. But my pick for the uh, best fit for Zion is actually um, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, say Atlanta, I was thinking about that, too, I think, a little bit before. I, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's got about a 10% chance, I believe, um, of getting the number one pick of the lottery. Atlanta is a big market. I think it's – I don't know what number it is, but, you know, it's one of the biggest cities in the country um, for sure. You know, uh, movies are being made in Atlanta. It's, it's called the New Hollywood. Uh, I think Atlanta being being relevant is good for the NBA. Atlanta isn't New York, LA, or Chicago when it when it comes to like market. But I, I don't think Atlanta is considered a small market area. I think Atlanta is still a big market. So Atlanta being good is going to be good for the league. Um, 
it's gonna be good for the culture, uh, for sure. You know, the culture, um, the hip hop culture, um, tends to support when Atlanta is good. So I think Zion could be like the next, you know, Michael Vick, where you know he comes in and turns the franchise around, and especially in combination with Trey Young, who Trey Young has already become a star in Atlanta. Um, Trey Young can pass and shoot. He proved everybody wrong coming out of Oklahoma. People weren't sure about his ability to to take his his uh, talents to the NBA, and he's a Rookie of the Year candidate this year. So I think Zion, he he needs to play with a, a good shooter um, and a good point guard. And Trey Young is that guy. They've got a good forward, a good young forward, in John Collins, who averaged twenty points and ten rebounds last year. So I think Zion in that setting, you know, it's a good market. It's not. It's not too big like in New York, but it's big enough where you get where you get plenty of media coverage. Um, he's got he's going to play with a good a good point guard, um, a good young coach, a good other good young pieces, and then Atlanta has another lottery pick from their trade with Dallas last year. Remember they traded with back. I think that they is traded. True. I think they they picked up Luca and then traded mm-hmm. the pick to Dallas, and they got. Dallas's pick this year, which is which which would be high because Dallas was bad. So, I mean, you you pair, you get Trey Young, um, Collins, a good young coach. You get Zion, and you get another lottery pick. I mean, if you if that if that lottery pick pans out, I don't know who it would be. You know, it could very well it could be a high pick. Think about the lottery pick might be you know six, seven, or eight, and you get you know. RJ Barrett could fall to could fall. Um, Cam Reddish could be there. Uh, other good players like uh, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but other good players, you know, could be at, around that spot. And now you've got a really elite young team in Atlanta, um, and in the next few years could be like the next NBA uh, dynasty. So I think Atlanta. If I'm Zion, I want I want to go to Atlanta. You know, you never know how the ping pong balls fall, but Atlanta seems like the best option. You don't know with New York. New York is a great, a great destination, but you know, there's no guarantee they're gonna get Katie and Kyrie. So I think Atlanta's already got the the setup to be to be a good team with Zion. So that's that's that it seems like the best fit, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and you like you said, you know, hot shoot, hot Atlanta will they'll put him on the map for sure. And uh, it's, it's one of those situations where they have a lot of good young pieces and they have a few shooters, too. And, you know, with the space, that's where he's going to flourish for sure. And, you know, they can they can, you know, continue to bring in a little bit more young talent. You know, it would definitely be one of those situations where they can they can jump right up there in, in the east and, and kind of take advantage of one of those those prime time spots. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. You know, Atlanta would definitely be a. A hot landing spot. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things. This this is gonna be a wild summer for the NBA. Between the draft and between LeBron and who's gonna and all these free agent destination moves, and even the um our next topic, um, who we think is gonna win the championship, I think that's gonna be crazy too. I think this is gonna be it's gonna be a really crazy year for the NBA. But let's go ahead and talk about that. Um <laughs> before we uh before we break, let's let's just go ahead and answer the big question right now. It's the NBA playoffs just got kicked off. Um, some of some of these 
games have already been crazy and we're only in the first round. A lot of upsets so far. Um, but Matt, I know you already texted me about this and I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if your, your opinion is still the same. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, go ahead and uh, state your argument uh, about who you think is going to win the NBA championship this year. Yeah, so I mean, I want it to be Oklahoma City. You know, that would be, you know, what I, what I would like to say. But at the same okay. time, I mean, really, if, if you look at it, if you look at, you know, the way some of these things are panning out and just kind of how the season finished off. And, you know, it's, it's definitely all about, you know, who's who's catching fire and uh, who has the talent. And that's, that's probably like, you know, the two biggest things. Honestly, I would probably have to go with the Houston Rockets. Um, and I know everybody probably would, you know, go ahead and put in the Warriors, you know, closed book, shut, everything like that. But, I mean, if you look at the way that the Rockets have been playing, they've only lost three games since the All-Star break. And so, I mean, they're, you know, they're red hot. They have their full lineup. Everybody's healthy now. They they had a, a banged-up lineup, you know, through the middle of the season Harden kind of had to take over, and that's where you saw those 50-point games, those 60-point games, and he was going crazy with it. But now it's like where they settled in and they have the full lineup. You have those guys that, you know, have had time to really fully heal up and, you know, kind of get, you know, acclimated to, to making this run. And it seems like they're just, you know, red hot. And it's the, the problem I have with the Warriors is just that they just don't feel the same, like the, the threat of, you know, the Warriors going off, you know, on the third quarter or, you know, them just, you know, catching fire and not being able to be stopped at all. That threat, for some reason, it just doesn't feel the same this year. And, um, you know, of course, they had the, the injury with Cousins, which I don't think is really going to affect them right now. But when you get into a series, which looks like they're going to be, you know, hitting off with the uh, the Rockets in the second round. That's where a Cousins will really, you know, take advantage of that because you can have a guy that can post up and he can give you kind of different looks that, you know, you know, a, just a, a steady dose of, you know, screens and threes won't, you know, always give you. And so with the Rockets, you know, being as high as they are and being able to shoot the way that they're shooting and the defense is honestly really like the last year or so has really stepped up. And even with James Harden, his defense has really stepped up in this year. So I just, I just feel like that's, that's the pick that, you know, you kind of have to look at and just think, man, they can really do this. I think this is the year in the NBA where there's not one team you can trust. Yeah. Um, there's not one team that you, you can really 100% put your trust in. The Warriors are the team that I trust the most because they've been there before and they have the best, you know, shooters in the history of the game. <laughs> but you lost the, uh, Boogie Cousins and you don't have a bench. And your backup to Boogie Cousins was, is Bogut, who is like 100 years old. <laughs> so I do not trust any team. Um, I trust the Warriors the most, but any team, you know, we don't know. Like, the Rockets uh, are very solid. They're playing, you know, very well. But um, I don't trust D'Antonio as a playoff coach, you know, clutch coach. 
Um, and we saw we saw James Harden um, freeze up a little bit um, in, in some big moments um, in, the, in the past couple of years. So, um, you know, don't completely trust the Rockets. Don't really trust, uh, you know, Oklahoma City, <laughs> your, your pick, uh, the Thunder, you know, especially because they probably are the worst three-point shooting team in the playoffs. Um, and you need you need shooting. Uh, they're they're very good on defense, but I just don't I don't know. They, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to trust them. Uh, Portland beyond this round, I don't know if I can trust. Um, you know, the Spurs, Utah, whatever. You can go through the whole list of teams in the Western Conference. Um, I don't know. And then the Eastern Conference, like like we talked about before, you have the teams at the top. The four teams at the top are teams that have not proven it, proven themselves. Right, so I think this is the year where, to me, no one's trustworthy, but somebody's got to win it. Uh, again, the Warriors are, you know, going to be everybody's pick, but they're very vulnerable right now. Um, I, I want to. I'm like you. <laughs> you know, you want you want it to be the Thunder. I want to pick Toronto, um, because Toronto. This feels like this is their last chance. You know, they they couldn't win it. They couldn't do anything with LeBron in the East. They couldn't do anything with uh, when DeRozan was there, even though they were always the best regular season team. We saw them uh, choke up a little bit in game one against Orlando, but they came back and really played, played hard in the next game. Um, and Kawhi is already a finals MVP, uh, and he's got that experience with the Spurs. So, you know, you got Mark, you have other pieces there too. Siakam has been good. Mark Gasol, you know, we know what he can do. So I would say Toronto is, is the best fit. Uh, but again, if 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 they're playing against the Warriors or even the Rockets for that matter, you know, who's going to win the shooting battle? Well, it's going to be, you know, the Rockets, the Warriors, especially if how Lowry, you know, chokes up. So. Uh, you know it's hard to, to really to really pick a team, but you know Toronto to me, their the organization and fans are desperate uh, because they don't know if Kawhi is staying. If Kawhi leaves, the Raptors might not might not ever be in this position again. Uh, so the Raptors seem like a good a good pick. Um, I'm not sure about Boston. Boston has the the, the personnel to. Uh, to to win, um, but I mean, there's there's some you go down the line. There's 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 question marks with everybody, but um, to me, I feel good about the Raptors um, against a Golden State or a, or a Rockets team. But you know, I I, I I wish I could like make a hard stance, but I'm, I'm gonna say the Raptors. But you know, who knows at this point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, who, I mean, who who really knows? Well, that's that's kind of what makes. I mean, and we haven't really had that type of situation come up in the last couple of years, but that's kind of what makes the playoffs fun because there's no, Absolutely. you know, every team kind of has their weakness right now. Um, I mean, even with the, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they've had such a good record during the regular season, but then it comes to the experience of playoff time. You know, are they really ready to go ahead and, and put that into, you know, a playoff atmosphere when, you know, you're seeing a lot more half-court sets instead of fast breaks with Giannis and stuff like that. And, you know, with the with the Celtics, it's, 
it's crazy because you all year you kind of been waiting for them to really, you know, you know, go in full, you know, desperate mode and, you know, all out winning and everything like that. And it's kind of just been up and down the entire year. So it is really tough to really put, like you said, trust in any type of team. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to be a Thunder so bad, but, you know, they, they I mean, three-point shooting has been an issue for, you know, the last year or two, and they haven't really brought in anybody that can really, is just a straight-up three-point specialist or just, you know, give you shots. Paul George can give you shots, but he's not a three-point specialist. He's, he's going to be the one that kind of have, have the ball in his hand and kind of, you know, make a dribble or two or make a screen here or there and, and stuff like that. So it's like... They, I, you know, it's tough to really trust in any any type of, you know, intense playoff battle, and so it's it's gonna it's it's really interesting because you know you really can't predict anything for sure right now, and of course everybody wants to put the Warriors up there because they have so much talent and so much, you know, firepower, but it really is, you know, kind of up in the air at this point. Yeah, it is. It, it is up in the air, um, and it's it is really anybody's anybody's. Uh, game, which is which does make it more fun, but also kind of kind of scary if I'm a, if I'm a fan of any of those teams. <laughs> but um, man, yeah, we've broken down a lot with the NBA. It, it is going to be crazy. Uh, so what we're going to do for everybody? Um, appreciate you guys hanging on and listening. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to break down a couple of uh, hot topics in the NFL. So uh, keep it locked. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back here in the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Now we're nine at the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Now we're nine at the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. All right, all right, all right. It's your man Max Weezy. And we are back here live from the 919. Uh back inside the barbershop. And I'm with my boy Maddie G. Maddie G, say what's up to everybody. Yo, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> Maddie G from uh, from Philly, uh, but you know currently in the nine one nine. So I'm <laughs> happy to uh, actually you know have my guests uh, local again for the first time in a, in a while. <laughs> um, I love all my guests that come on from from other places, but you know it's it's cool to actually be uh, you know in the nine one nine for this one. But uh, man, so the the world of sports has just been so crazy. We've talked a lot about a lot of different things. Got really deep into the hottest topics in the NBA, but I want to pivot to the NFL um, on a couple of notes because we are the schedule as we're, so we're recording on uh, Wednesday the the seventeenth, and today um, the NBA schedule is dropping. So I don't know. We I'll have this out hopefully by this weekend. You guys will will hear it, but um, schedule is dropping. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up. In a few days, uh, uh, next week, I believe, and then you know the season will be right around the corner. Teams have already started showing up for uh, for camp, and the NFL is right around the corner. So, uh, the biggest topic in terms of this draft is, you know, this. Well, let me say this: the NFL draft. If you know, for the casual NFL fan, you know, every draft is is different, and for this particular draft, there's not been a heavy emphasis. 
on the quarterback position. Um, there's a lot of elite defenders in this draft. Um, a couple good wideouts, but not a not a great uh, quarterback draft, especially compared to last year. Last year, any any of the quarterbacks, except for maybe Lamar Jackson, um, were being were being talked about as a, as the number one pick in the draft. So when it's like that, that's how you know it's a good quarterback draft. But this year, um, not so much. Uh, I want to personally shout out. I, don't, I know he doesn't listen to this, but I want to shout out Will Greer. Shout out Will Greer. Will Greer's from Will Greer's from seven hundred four Charlotte, North Carolina. So I hope um, I wish him success uh, in the league. I've met him before. I've met his his brother Nash, who was uh, Vine famous. Met Will as well. Um, I'm, I think what I've heard is that the NFL people, like NFL execs and scouts, are feel better about him than the media does. So he's he's kind of getting underrated in the media, but NFL people like him a lot. I think he's sort of getting, even though you you had you've had Baker Mayfield play well and Patrick Mahomes play well, um, and they're both from the Big Twelve. They both played at the Big 12 Conference in college. Um, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Uh, I think there's still some Big 12 bias with Will Greer. If you look at his numbers at West Virginia, they were awesome. He was in the Heisman conversation for uh, for the first half of the year, and then Kyler Murray just, like, you know, took it over. And, and Tua took it over. Um, but, you know, Will Greer was a Heisman can- candidate for a lot of the year. Um but he does play in the Big 12, um, a little undersized. He's like probably like 6'2", um, which is on the low end for a quarterback. But um, I think he's getting heavily underrated. I think he's going to be a lot better than a lot of people think. And I'm just hoping as a as a guy that, you know, he's from Charlotte, and, and, I, and I met him before as well. I think I'm, I'm just going on a tangent here, but I hope that he gets in a good situation and proves people wrong because they're definitely underrating him heavily, um, in my opinion. Because um, I don't know if you ever had a chance to see him play, but Will Greer is a monster. He had, he had a really good game um, against Texas and, and, and played, oh, yeah, well, no play, played well in some big spots. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Matty G, let's talk about this. Okay, so yeah, has not is not really a kind of a low low-key quarterback class this year. But everyone thinks a lot of people are saying a lot of the experts are saying that Kyler Murray um, out of Oklahoma, the Heisman Trophy winner, um, a guy who has turned down all this money from baseball because he was drafted in the first round by the A's. He's turned down all this money. He wants to play football. He's made his choice. A lot of people are saying he'll go number one overall to the Cardinals. But Matt, if you're the Cardinals in the Cardinals front office, if you're the GM, the coach, what would you do with the number one pick? What should the Cardinals do with the number one pick? Yeah, and it's, it's so funny because at this point, and this is what I've been thinking for the, for the last month or two, at this point, if you're not going to draft this man, then you're looking at Josh Rosen and it's like, man, you put him through so much just to go ahead and keep him on the team. So it's really one of those situations where I think, you know, they're, they're going to go ahead and pull that trigger. Um, you know, lately they've kind of been kind of been up and down on the whole quarterback selection and whether or not they're going to go with Kyler Murray. I don't know if you heard their GM, Steve Kimes. He was 
he was kind of skating around the subject. Um, yeah, they haven't, was, they haven't committed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things. Like, I mean, they're kind of dancing around the subject, but I think at this point, you kind of gotta go, gotta go with that 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 guy. You gotta gotta go ahead and get Kyler. And the kind of awesome thing about it is that if you go with him, even though I mean, me personally, I don't think it's really fair to Josh Rosen. He's only had one year to, to develop, and he didn't really have the best team, um, best best talent around him. But if you're going to go ahead and go with this guy, you can trade Josh Rosen, and he still has that allure. He still has a, a high, um, you know, high interest for sure. There's a lot of teams in the NFL right now saying that you know he's still a guy that you would take above these other guys. Like you said, you know, his quarterback class is not the best. Um, even though I think I really personally think there's there's a lot of sneaky good guys out there. But um, this quarterback class isn't the most, uh, you know, star-studded. So Josh Rosen would still be one of those guys that can, you know, still be at the top of top of the list as a prospect. So if you go ahead and draft Kyler Murray, he's going to have everything that Cliff Kingsbury would want. You know, he's going to have that fast switch. He's going to be able to make plays on the run. He's he can get the ball out real quick, but also he can he can make plays as well. Which is, you know, something in a team that you're kind of, kind of wanting to build talent around. You're going to need somebody like that. So I mean, I, I think Kyler Murray is a guy that you you should go ahead and draft. He's he has a lot of potential for sure. I know the size was a, a big issue, but then you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, you know, and he he slipped to the third round and he took advantage of, of you know everything he could he could possibly do and he's been to two Super Bowls so I don't think the size is a huge issue and what you can do with that is turn Josh Rosen into a a a first round pick which is you know that would be awesome if you're you know looking for you know one of these defensive guys which this this draft class I love it personally because it's just you know flooded with defensive guys and there's so many edge rushers that you can you can even find that might slip you know, there's a, there's a linebacker or two that that can really take on that star-studded form, and they have they have somewhat of a, a you know reliable secondary. They're an okay secondary over in Arizona, so I think they can you know turn that Josh Rosen you know selection into another first-round pick. Which me personally, I, I don't think you'll really beat that. I don't know if if Kyler Murray is necessarily going to be a lot better than Josh Rosen but Kyler Murray and a first round pick would look a little bit better than Josh Rosen by himself so I mean me personally I think that is something they should go ahead and fire the gun on yeah I agree I think the Cardinals should definitely trade um, Josh Rosen I think just give everybody a chance to start fresh give Kyler Murray a chance to be on a team where he knows that he's their number one guy you know, give the coaching staff the coaching staff a chance to start fresh with the new quarterback um, in the system. Give Josh Rosen a chance to start fresh in a new place. Um, I think that's the smartest thing to do. Um, you know, Kyler is going to have you know decent pieces around around him on the offense. David Johnson, you know, their offensive coordinator last year got fired in like the middle of the year. So David Johnson, we know we know what David Johnson is. Um, we know how good he is. We know um, Christian Kirk so, showed some 
promised last year. We know oh, Larry yeah, Fitzgerald's going to be consistent. So Kyler's going to have pieces on offense to be successful. I think the O-line is probably uh, still an issue, but um, I think that he he's going to have some pieces. I think just give like you said, get, get him on here, pull the trigger, give this organization a fresh start with a fresh quarterback. I know you traded up to get Josh Rosen, but it's okay. The the situation is 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 different. I think I think if I'm a team and if I'm a team in the or if I'm a GM and I know I need a quarterback, right? And I know that I mean <clears throat> excuse me. Um you know, based on this draft, not a strong QB draft, right? Um, but if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about getting Dwayne Haskins, or I'm thinking about getting one of these other guys, you know, Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or whatever, whoever this, you know, these guys that they're they're saying um, could go in the first round. If I'm one of those teams, well, to me. You know, I'm just—I don't have scouts. I'm just a—I'm just a fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a consumer. I think Josh Rosen is better than Dwayne Haskins. I think he's better than you know these other QBs that they're projecting in the first round. So if I'm a uh, if I'm a team that, and I think I'm going to draft Haskins or I think I want to draft one of these other guys, well, Josh Rosen. I mean, every team doesn't have the same trade assets. They might not have the assets that Cardinals want for Rosen, but I think if I have the ability to trade for Josh Rosen and I'm thinking about getting another quarterback, I think I'm going to do that because Josh Rosen would probably be the number one or two pick if he was in this draft. So I think that teams have to look at it like that. I know there's teams like the Giants and the Patriots who have to start thinking about you know, replacing their current quarterback soon. And, you know, they they probably should make that move as well. But, yeah, I think the Cardinals, I agree with you, Matt. You know, start fresh, grab Kyler Murray, you know, get get Josh Rosen in in a new situation, and everyone's happy. You know, keeping both of them would be insane. And, uh, uh, but if they're happy with Josh um, and they decide to pick up like a Nick Bosa or, you know, another great player, there's a lot of good defensive players. Um, they might really like Josh. Then I think that's not a bad idea either. Getting the best player available um, on defense is is only going to help. And Nick Bosa, we know, uh, is, is a monster. Uh, oh, yeah. So... So yeah, the Cardinals. I th- I think you either get Kyler and 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 put Josh Rosen in a different situation, get what you can for him, or you don't just leave Kyler alone, let another team grab him, keep Josh, get get the best defensive player you can in the draft, and move on. But that'll definitely be an interesting. Uh, an interesting moment as well, and we'll find out what happens uh, <laughs> during the NFL draft. Um, all right. So, um, you know, again, schedule's coming out uh, as we speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of people are already making predictions. 
next year about what's going to happen. Um, and one of the biggest things that ha- have, has already happened this offseason uh, is the Browns p- getting Odell Beckham Jr. through a trade. So, Matt, I ask you, how good will the Browns be next year? <laughs> See, I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly happy for them. And I, I think, you know, this is really the energy and the, the turning point and, you know, all the all the accu- acquisitions and everything like that they have right now is really huge for them. You know, I have I have family all from Cleveland and stuff like that, and you know they're they're going crazy over the, the Brown situation. Even when they won, you know, just seven seven games, they're going crazy over it. I mean, I will probably have to go ahead and put them at nine or ten wins. You know, as far as a, a hard projection, um, and I mean, as far as the AFC North, I think they you know they got that under wraps. I mean, you look at a team like the Steelers that. You know, they're still going to be good, but they have a lot of distractions that they're still trying to get over. Um, you look at, at a team as the Bengals, they, I mean, they're not even sure. I mean, at least I wouldn't be sure if I would stick with uh, Andy Dalton at this point just because, you know, he can't give you very much besides average at best. Um, they have a new coach who is that, I think Zach Taylor is his name. And, you know, he's he's a guy that's, you know, under Sean McVay and he's trying to prove himself. I don't think they really have much, you know, talent to surround them with. But, um, you know, you also look at a team like the Ravens where they, you know, pretty much lost their whole entire defense. And they're another team that's kind of trying to start fresh. And they have a, you know, a hot rod in Lamar Jackson. But they're, you know, revamping that whole entire offense so I think they're going to have a little bit of a learning curve there and I think that that AFC North is definitely up for the taking um Steelers are probably probably going to be their biggest competition still you know they're, they're going to have good rivalry games in in those those matchups but the Browns are you know I think they're going to have a good steady nine to ten wins and it's going to be a good year for them and you know they're they're going. I, I'm saying they're probably going to hit the playoffs for sure. So it's, it's definitely exciting for them. And I mean, I, I me personally, I love the NFL draft. It's my favorite draft in all the sports. Love NFL, and really, I think that they've lately in the last probably two years have been hitting all the right spots. And that trade with OBJ, I I couldn't believe it personally. I I was you know in shock but at the same time uh i think i think he's going to give them you know so much energy especially with jarvis landry too i think jarvis landry and him together are kind of going to keep obj in check because he can get a little bit you know out of hand at times and he can kind of create a little bit of dilemma but i think you know jarvis landry being there would definitely help out <clears throat> with them both being from LSU, I think it will def- definitely help out that uh, brotherhood that they have. And, I mean, I-, I think with football, it's really all about, you know, chemistry and and really getting behind, you know, a central message or, you know, the, you know, the whole one team aspect of it. And I think, you know, they, they already are kind of starting to develop that winning 
winning attitude and winning mentality. So um, I think it's just only going to go up from here. And I think they can hit the playoffs. Well, yeah, it turns out the the, um, Browns opposing... Uh, the Browns opposing team winning percentage, uh, their schedule. Um, so their strength of schedule is essentially probably, it says the range is between the 21st and 24th toughest in the league. And only four of the teams uh, that they're playing next year were in the playoffs, made the playoffs last year. And that was Baltimore, New England, Indianapolis, and the Chargers. So they have, on paper, they have a pretty easy schedule. Um, you can go check it out. Their schedule is pretty pretty workable. Um, they're playing uh, they're playing a pretty workable schedule. Um, but you know, things change from year to year. You can't really rely on that completely. Uh, but I would say that you're right. I think I have you said you said nine right, um, eight or nine games. I, I said I said best case scenario. I have them winning about 10 games, worst-case scenario, probably 6-10. And, and worst-case scenario for me would be injuries. Um, the coaching hire um, doesn't work out. Or, you know, you just have a lot of um, emotional and a lot of egos that bring the team down. You know, because Baker Mayfield, we know, is a, a emotional guy. Uh, a long, he's an emotional leader. Um, yeah, and, and Odell... Uh, even Jarvis, to a degree, um, are emotional guys, and and uh, you know the defense is pretty solid. You don't have a lot of egos on, on the defensive side of the ball, but um, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of things that the Browns will have to to uh, do as a team to be able to um, be successful this year. In terms of the division, you made a lot of good points. Um, I think the Ravens. They're going to be interesting to see because they did lose some key defensive players, but they got Earl Thomas. They got um, they were able to retain some good players um, on the defense, and then offensively, I would say they got a little bit better with Mark Ingram. But you know, receiver the receiver room was not really that great. We'll see what they do in the draft. But the Steelers, you're right. I agree with you. Going to be the toughest competition. Uh, you know, they still got a good QB. Good coach, Juju Juju uh, Smith Schuster is ready to step up, and then James Conner was a pretty decent running back for them. So I don't know. I think that's going to be uh, a tough outing for them. I think everything moving forward for the Browns will just have to be, you know, they'll have to you know pull themselves up by the bootstraps and and play how they how they know they can play. I think the, the predictions that they're going to be a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. Are crazy and should be ignored by everyone. Do not do not believe that the Browns will be that good. Public breaks for sure, but I think just looking at their schedule and uh, you know just just sort of uh, thinking about you know what's going on in that division. It seems like the Bengals are rebuilding. You know, it just seems like they've they've just given up. Um, you know, so it's it's the Browns have a have a good window this year to be successful yeah one thing i think is is huge for them right now is um like you pointed out uh the the coaching staff so i mean they they had greg williams for you know that that second half run and you know they're looking really good and they everybody seemed to kind of jump right behind him and they they have freddie kitchens in there 
but Greg Williams was really like, you know, a leader for them. And, you know, the, the fact that he had that defense um, really like booming. I mean, their defense was, was on fire for sure, along with that offense. So it would be interesting to see how um, their guy now, Freddie Kitchens, how he does with, uh, you know, managing the offense and the defense and just being able to bring those personalities together because that's, that's also like 50% of, you know, coaching is, is able to into, you know, one main um, mentality. And, you know, if he's able to bring that mentality there and, and kind of fuel those guys and get them to jail, then that, that would be huge. I mean, they have so much talent that it would, it would be hard to stop them for sure. We'll definitely see. I think there's a lot of different things uh, that could happen this year in the NFL. sort of an exciting year once again, but it all starts with the draft, which is coming up soon. This episode will hopefully be out before the draft, but um, now nah, we're going to make it happen. But, man, Matt, this was a, a big show. It's a long one. I think we went probably close to an hour and a half. But, man, I just – I really needed to get a, a sports show done, man, because I've, 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 I've loved, you know, the other topics I've done. I'm appreciative of everybody um, that I've had on and all the topics that I've done, and I've appreciated everyone for listening. Uh, as always, of course, but um, man, I was just itching to to do sports, man, because there's just there's so much going on, man. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you you spending your your evening with me, man, in the barbershop, bro. Oh yeah, man, it was exciting. And, you know, I talked a little bit too much, I'm sure. But, you know, <laughs> sports always gets me excited. But, you know, it's and it's always fun to talk to you for sure. And I'm you know honored. I'm definitely happy to be on the, the barbershop and. Like you said, it's just so much sports going on. And, you know, with football right around the corner, you know, that's, that's really where my real love is at. You know, it's just real exciting to, to get into the middle of it and, and kind of uh, enjoy it all. So it was fun, man. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. You said it all. I think it's, it's definitely a great time to be a sports fan, bro. But, uh, yeah, again, I appreciate you. I'm definitely going to have you, you back on. Uh, for sure, as things sort of uh, heat up uh, in the in the sports world and different things with basketball and and, uh, and football as well, man. But you know, again, I, I appreciate you and uh, can't wait till next time, bro. All right, then, man. Be brief. <laughs> I'll see. You. All right, sounds good. Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Barbershop Podcast. We appreciate uh, the support. Till next time, peace. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of The Barbershop. Keep showing us love. We appreciate it. Go ahead and rate and review this podcast and also share on social media and tell your friends about us. And if you're feeling generous, there's a link in the description to become a monthly subscriber. You can do it for as little as 99 cents and you can support this podcast and help us to grow and to glow. We appreciate all the love. We'll see you next time here at The Barbershop. Stay tuned.